Welcome to this, the seventh in a rambling series, Talking Terminal. In this podcast, we're going to talk about books, wandering local parks and streets, politics and failing to make music. let's talk about walking around the park again it's open and it's fairly regimented with park wardens and community safety officers meandering around with megaphones the main reason for the megaphone is a to tell people when the park is open and closed and secondly to dissuade people who are ignoring the very clear signs all the way around the park as you enter etc how to avoid being shouted at via a megaphone. This mainly involves walking on the left, running on the left, not cycling under any circumstances unless you're a child, and not lounging about in the sun. I can't quite understand why families can't lounge around, why groups of friends who live together can't lounge around, but the park is now used not for recreation, but for exercise purposes. As I've mentioned in a blog, there does seem to be a failure in the United Kingdom's teaching and most people whilst following the rules are somewhat blighted certainly surprised by a small group who do not know their left from their right and another group who have no idea of the difference between six inches and six feet that results in quite a lot of confusion and quite a lot of megaphone shouting the park is only open for a limited period each day, mainly from around 8.30 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Though amusingly, the signs on the permanent boards as you enter the park still have the closure time of 7pm. The park is looking very beautiful at the moment, with cherry blossom in full flood. It's well trimmed everywhere, the grass is cut, and it's a lot less grubby than it can be on occasions perhaps because people are running through it rather than staying on a particular spot. That's not to say people don't stay on a particular spot. People do some strange exercises either alone or in pairs on the grass and they're not shouted at because that is exercise. I really feel for families who have young children living in the large number of flats nearby and how they can't use the park for recreation purposes. Again, I can see no good reason why you can't allow adults to behave like adults. The second thing I wanted to touch on in this podcast was making music. I've been a fairly bad amateur violinist and a fairly bad amateur pianist all my life, really, and have always enjoyed improvisation and composition as well. During my working life, it's fair to say that Other than an occasional bout of piano playing, composition, writing tunes and the rest all fell by the wayside. Since the terminal diagnosis, I have time on my hands and have been doing much more improvisation and composition as well as bad piano practice. You'll notice I don't mention the violin. I don't play the violin anymore. I discovered many years ago you've got to be very good to be able to play the violin solo, and I'm not very good. Additionally, my fingers are suffering from pins and needles following the chemotherapy. It's called peripheral neuropathy. And as a result, I couldn't even feel the strings on the violin easily. 
So back to the piano, I, I bought a keyboard to accompany my piano to sit alongside it. And I've been busy re-remembering the tunes I'd improvised and wrote down but have lost many years ago. There's one particular theme from over 50 years ago that keeps coming back to me. Here it is. simple, a very simple theme, it's fair to say, and one that I'm struggling to develop further. I've discovered that the big limit for me on all of this is taking the music beyond the first 14 bars. Here's another example, very similar to the previous one. And again, I need to put energy into writing more than just the first few bars So the third area that I wanted to briefly talk about were books, things that I've been reading to occupy time. Let me firstly get something off my chest. When I went into hospital to have the colon cancer removed, I took with me my Kindle and a recommended series of light but compelling books, all written by C.J. Sanson, S-A-N. S-O-M, and these are the Shard Lake series, a series of really detective novels based on a hunchback, in the description of the book, lawyer of the 16th century. Great descriptions of London and the north of England, lots of intrigue, lots of comments about kings and Cromwell, and all sorts of compelling nonsense which completely thrills and absorbs, which is what I think you need when you're lying in hospital. Five or six books in the series, I think I'm at number four, and they're all thoroughly enjoyable. The next book I wanted to mention was a, an Orlando Figes book, F-I-G-E-S, and it's called The Europeans, Three Lives and the Making of a Cosmopolitan Culture. I have this in hardback. It was a kind gift and describes three people's lives through which it provides a lens on the development of Europe in the mid-19th century. A fascinating weaving of Europe and its overall development. Beautifully written, well observed and quite a marvellous read, although I haven't finished it yet. I'm a person who rather enjoys political columns in newspapers and particularly like columnists in the guardian john crace and the times 
Patrick Kidd is a wonderful describer of what goes on in Parliament in the main and did a daily political sketch uh, for The Times and the week of a long time in politics, week spelt W-E-A-K, sketches from the Brexit referendum are a marvellous reminder of the chaos, the futility, the stupidity and the way in which politicians twist facts and words, and Kidd describes it wonderfully. Bizarrely, I have been reading a very simple book, whose title I can't pronounce, uh, by Irving Finkel and Jonathan Taylor, published by the British Museum, and it's all about cuneiform, which in essence is the Mesopotamian medium of writing 3000 BC. It's a script cuneiform. And I bought it after a lovely exhibition at the British Museum. So well worth a look and simple, understandable, and lots and lots of intricacy about the way in which clay and tablets are used, the way in which words could be formed, how you deal with the babbling of tongues. A a, a great read. Quite a light and simple one. Last two um, on the go at the moment, though I tragically have rather more. 500 Hidden Secrets of London by Tom Grieg. This is a lovely book. It, it's all based on five. So the five shops for British design, the five best pubs for real ale, the five best shops for British produce, etc., By the time I get out, it'll be completely out of date, but is a lovely read and a reminder of the rich tapestry that the capital city offers. Finally, the Good Food Guide 2020, published ironically by Waitrose, a national food seller, which gives a marvellous set of reviews of restaurants that none of us can go to and probably won't be around when we can uh, throughout England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. A historic book now, a reminder of what was, not what is, and certainly not what will be. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a quick tour around the many things I've failed to do, write music properly, enjoy the outside without getting grumpy, and read books um, all the way through. I hope to have you listen again and thanks for bearing with me for as long as you have.